Okay, so having now done the story of Sisra, now we can look a little bit into the Pnimius of what Chazal tell us about Sisra. And we understand that the struggle wasn't just a, let's say, regular fight for armies, there was a certain spiritual underpinning to this Muhammad as well. We already saw that there was a connection between Sisra and his campaign and his army to Paris. That uh, we saw the Gemara says that when Pari's army was originally drowned in Yamsuf, and then to show the Jewish people the magnitude of the, of the miracle, that they took that all the all the Egyptian army was washed up on the seashore. So Hashem promised to see that He would replace the would replace the soldiers with others, and that was happened here in the time of Sisera. So the the defeat of Sisera was really the Hashlam of Yamsuf. That's why it's the only twice really that we find a nace in the form of a military victory which ended in the Shira. The one time was after Parai, after the Jews survived Yamsuf and the Egyptian army drowned, so they sang Shira. And the second time was here. After the war against Israel, they sing Shira. And we're going to see by the Hashem when we start learning the Shira that there are a lot of references Back to, back to the original Shira, and back to what happened in the Midbar. So that's the one aspect of this Shira. There was a, this was the completion of the Nath of Mitzrayim. In the words of Chazal, which we're going to try and explain, it means Hashem paid back a debt to the fish. It was either there was a certain uh, responsible, a certain outstanding chiyuv that Hashem had from Mitzrayim, which was completed now. That's the one point. The second thing we see is that that's that, a that's a it's a gemara that uh, when Hashem took the Egyptian soldiers, the Sar Shalyam, uh, we said yesterday they came to complain and said, "You klum yesh melech, the text that he gave, and Hashem said, I'll pay you back." And therefore, connected the 600 chariots which Pari had, which uh, would have been, let's say, food for the fish. Uh, instead, Hashem gives him the 900 chariots of Sisra. So uh, this was the repayment, even more than originally you got. We have to explain what the one is to the other one. Um, the other point we saw is that originally it says that when Dvara tells Baruch to go to battle, and Baruch says, I'm only going to go if you come with me. And Dvara says, I'm going to come, but you should know that Hashem is going to give Sisra into the hands of a lady. And that was a prophecy which uh, originally, before it happened, was prophesizing the fact that Yael, the wife of Chevrakeni, would be the one to kill Sisra. Which means it wasn't by chance, it was predicted that it had to happen that way. And there's one more unbelievable uh, psikta, which is brought down by Ramadan of Hashim. The Gemara says that the sons of Sisra, the descendants of Sisra, don't turn in Yerushalayim. When we get it, they burn up Shalsistra, they don't turn in Shalayim. And we have in the various Midrashim which say that it's referring to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, we know, was a Ger. And uh, Rabbi Akiva descended originally from Sistra as well. So, what's the. How do you put all these things together? So, we have in the again Midrashim that Sistra was a person of. Besides for. The, the evil of Sisra, which we saw last time, that he used to, so to speak, be Hashem, 
when we saw the beginning of the parak, he was a uh, so as a person, the Midrash says he was a tremendously powerful person, and that is he would, with his voice, uh, he says, the Midrash says, when you try and hunt an animal, so just by shouting at it, the animal would be too scared to move, uh, he would catch things, he would like kind of get things to just tremble from his voice, and that's how he would, he would uh, capture animals. It's, the Midrash brings this as one of the examples of people who had an extremely powerful tool that Hashem gave them, and anybody who had an abnormally powerful tool was always used for a. The Gemara talks about Shalom's hair, the Gemara talks about Sisra's voice, the Midrash talks about ace of clothing, whatever it was, whatever someone was given some unique talent, right, Haman's wealth, it was always used for a. So Sisra's calf was in his voice, and uh, he misused that. He used it to, like we said, to blaspheme against Hashem, which is why. The Ica fight here was against Israel, not against the king who was Yavin. Now, the, so, so let's understand. The, let's start with the first point we mentioned. What was the connection of Israel to Mitzrayim? So, it's brought down in the Midrash that the victory against Israel happened in Pesach. It's on Pesach. It was, like it was also the, the same date, the same time of its reign. The Yisrael was like this. The effect of Yisrael in the world was the Kiddush Hashem that it made. The first year, which Klaishal sang after Yamsuf, was how everyone was afraid, so to speak, of, of Klaishal, of Hashem. Hashem, I mean, you're Everyone was in fear, everyone was in trembling from uh, the impact of the nation of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The first time we find that somebody comes to Ke'ilu Makhanul Hashem, right, publicly, after that was Israel. It's not to say there weren't other Rishayim along the way, they were. It's not to say other people didn't attack the Jewish people, they were. But that was an attack against the Jewish people, so to speak. But, so to speak, have a campaign against Hashem. We find others later on who tried this as well, such as Goliath and Avshakeh and Sancheirev. There were others also, but the first of them, the first of them was Sisra. Our Amara came to find Kla Yisrael. We don't find that they were Makal Hashem. Yeah, but that wasn't a Klala. That was a Vegeta that was killed in the Kla's in the midst. And therefore, the downfall of Sisra had to be something which restored that, that year Shemaim which, which he took away. And therefore, the nace of the downfall of Sisra had to, so to speak, re- re- replace the fear that there was that had been installed in the Goyim by Isis Mizraim. Now, what's it going to do with the fish? What's it going to do with the fish? So, Kiyadu, it's brought that the fish don't speak. Right, uh, as, as opposed to most animals which have some kind of sound, right? The fish, they, they brush and create it, but we don't find them talking, obviously, in the water. Um, the first one, to publicly, so to speak, uh, combat Hashem with the speech is power. Mi Hashem 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 HaShem
who is Hashem that I'm going to listen to him? I don't know Hashem, I'm not going to listen to Hashem. And uh, so on, the person was Pare. And therefore, it was Nixar and Pare that he was going to be punished to, to show that, but he's to replace the Yerush Hashem, which he took away by his brazenness, by his uh, disdain, what Hashem said. Now, the end point of that was to get eaten by the fish. To get eaten by the fish because that was the, the Bria which Hashem created which doesn't speak. And therefore it would be a punishment for Spire for what he said. The, so that's the first point. Now we made it. So that's what the fish wanted. When Hashem took the Egyptians away from the fish to show the Kaisha that all died, so that was the, that was the time of the Sarishal Yam. That you, the kilo, you, you gave it to my fish to eat the Mitzrim, and you took it away from them. And Hashem said, I'm going to replace it. And that was here by Sisra, which says that the Nachal Kishon washed away this eight and nine hundred chariots. That was uh, the replacement for the fish. In other words, Sisra was uh, repeating the mistake of Pari. That's what led to him being the same punishment. And here it was the completion of that. Which is why, again, here there was a share. That was the first point. Now, why was it necessary for Sisra to get killed by a lady? Why was this a response to what Barak said, that she says to Devar, if you come with me, I'm going to fight, and otherwise not? And like we said before, because Sisra was a formidable enemy. To fight Sisra was uh, especially when he talks about the besides for his 900 chariots. He was, like I said, as a person himself, he was a very powerful person. And therefore, what was what would have been required from Barak to fight Sisra was a serious nefesh. To, to get up and fight uh, someone that's much stronger than you would have been a serious nefesh. Now, this is the, the completion of this understanding that when somebody stands up against Hashem, right, so then it, it creates a Chidol Hashem in the world. So, of course, HaKadosh Baruch replaces the Kiddush Hashem. But if a person wants to get this high for doing that, he has to be most nefesh to do it. When a person is most nefesh for, when a person is most nefesh to stand up for, to, for Kodesh Shemayim, then he gets the schar for the Kodesh Shemayim, which is going to happen. Now, Hashem is going to do it anyway. Hashem is going to restore the Kodesh Shemayim, but the, if it's through the agency of someone who is nefesh, then he, gets, he takes the credit for it. So, for example, Yamsuf had to happen to destroy Parai. Right? But Lemaise, Kodesh will put in the position where someone needed to be most nefesh and jump into the sea. Not because otherwise Hashem wouldn't have saved Klai Yisrael. Hashem wanted to save Klai Yisrael. And Hashem wanted to destroy Parah. But it was given to Haisa Yehuda the Kodshay. Yehuda was a shavit, the first shavit to go into the sea. They were the holy ones. They were given the credit for the nace which happened because they were most nefesh for it. Right? And therefore, by every nace which uh, is coming to restore Kodshayim, again, the person who is most nefesh for the nace, he's the one that gets the credit for the nace. Even though Hashem is going to do the nace anyway. Hashem is going to restore Kvot Shemayim. So now, the uh, Vera told Barak the same thing. He said, she, she says to him, you go raise your 10,000 soldiers, which was a woefully inadequate amount of people to fight Sisha's army. Well, it came out more iron chariots than he had soldiers. But uh, he said, you're going to go fight? And it would have been tremendous and serious nefesh to go to battle like that. If that's the case, Barak would have been given the opportunity to get the kid of the credit for destroying Sisha. Barak said, no, if you don't come with me, I'm not going. So she said, if I'm coming to you as a Novi, then you, there's no mysterious nefesh. Then if Hashem gives you the command, do this and you'll win. So then you, you're not going to win. So if that's the case, you're not going to get the credit for it. 
You're not going to get the credit for it. Um, now, who was Moses Nefesh to bring down Israel? Yeah, like we'll see later on. It wasn't just that she invited him into the tent um, in order to kill him. There's much more to the story of Yah, like we'll see in the Shira, which is not much Moses Nefesh. She used to laugh both spiritually and physically in order to try and bring down Israel, and therefore she was given the credit for killing him. I didn't do very much. The, the Malach went in front. The Malach overturned everything. The, the river swept away, swept all the chariots. What was there for Baruch? There was a cleanup job in chasing the survivors to Kharish Sagoy. He didn't do very much. Mashank in Yalak, you saw it with Mamish Moses and Nefesh, I'll explain. So then she was given the credit. And you even saw that the Mavoshim point out that Baruch wasn't happy about it. You see, when he comes back and Yal comes to say to him, you know, look inside the tent, the Isha Summer Tamavakish is lying there dead. He doesn't say anything. There's no Yishakayach, there's no, no, it's no expression of anything. It's clear when he realizes it wasn't given to him. And he lost his opportunity that he wasn't the one who was who was accredited with the with the which happened. Okay, so that's the second point. That, that, that to bring down, or to restore the Messiah's Nefesh, there has to be someone who's preparing Moses Nefesh. And then again, Hashem's going to do the Nefesh, nice, but that person will get the credit. The next example, exactly the same thing. David HaMelech. God, yes, was the next one to try and get up to blaspheme Hashem. And he did, and then was too scared to touch him. God, was enormous. God, was very strong. Right? Okay, David gets up, and David comes to the, he wasn't even a soldier. He comes to the battlefield, and to visit his brothers. He hears God, yes, he says, what's going on? Go to mind. who's going to send up to him? <coughs> David said, I'm going to go. You're not a soldier, you're not a fight. What's the difference? Right? But why? Because he understood that if someone's standing up, so to speak, to Maharaf Hashem, and then it needs mysterious nefesh to restore the, for somebody to get up to be the catalyst to bring back the kiddush Hashem, which David did. The master, when he, when he, he was, the, the mysterious nefesh was being willing to go forward to fight. The master, the fight didn't last very long. Even before Goliath approached him, he shot the stone at him with his sling, as we know. Hashem did a nice the stone went through his metal helmet, Hashem went through his brain, he died. So the nice happened. No one thought for a second that a stone killed Goliath. Right. The nice happens, but it just needed somebody to be most nefesh. I'm going to be the one to stand up for this, and therefore David is accredited as the one who killed Goliath. And the same thing every time. Kvot Shemaim demands that if Zechil Hashem is going to be restored, and who's going to get the credit for it is the person who's been willing to be most nefesh to do that. Okay, so that's the story of that's why Barak lost the chance. Yael was given the chance, and uh, she took it, and therefore she was she was the one who was able to, so to speak, to punish this, to kill Sisha. To avenge uh, Hashem's honor by killing his sister. Also, the time uh, it says in the Pazak says, Okay, you can never give her a from a god. And once again, I didn't someone stand up to him. And that was Aram Avinu. Aram was going to stand up to him, and Hashem did the nice. And uh, twice. <coughs> Avram met Nimr in two rounds. The first time around, he met Nimr in Orkastin. And Hashem did the nice, he saved Avram from Nimr. And the second time Avram met Nimrod, and Nimrod was the, the Amraphel, the first of the four kings, and Avram was the other way around. Avram chased the four kings and miraculously killed him. This was the completion of the previous uh, meeting between Avram and Nimrod. Okay, so whatever it is, so that's the, that's the understanding of what had to happen. So there's two different things. The one was the Milchama, which was the, let's say, a return to the nest of Yamsuf was similar to that. That was as far as what happened to Sisra's whole army. And the fact that Sisra personally got killed was who's going to be most nefesh to kill Sisra? So he made it. Sisra was like out of the rest of the picture and 
Yael was one of his worst in the efforts to try to take him down, and that's why he was killed separately. The rest of his army was either drowned in the in the river or killed by Barak and his army as they were running back to Harish Sagoim. Dafka Sisra was uh, dealt with, so to speak, as an individual separately because that was that, that needed the serious Nefesh of Yael to be the one to do it. We, we meant to understand that had Barak been the one to worst in the Nefesh, then he would have been able to do it somehow. I wouldn't have needed that extra step. But now let's move to the next point. And that is that we saw that Sisra, besides for all the ra, all the bad evil that was in him, the master he would point to, he said, Number Mufashim, that when the Gemara says his descendants learned Torah, that's referring to Rabbi Akiva. That Rabbi Akiva was a, a continu- so to speak, a, some, in some, even as a Gare, but he was a descendant biologically of Sisra. Um, why did Sisra Zechut to that? Why was why now? Sisra is not the only one. We find a few all star Rashaim who were Zechut to descendants who were actually good. The other one is Haman. Because the same Gemara says we've never done that Haman, not the Torah of Nebra. Right? That the descendants of Haman also don't tell. Right. So what was the what was the Mithah? So there's a Chazal in the Pasuk, Mi Yitzayin Tar Mi Tamei Halei Echot. It's a Pasuk in Yer, I think. And the Pasuk there says, who will produce something Tar for something Tamei? Halei Echot, Lainu Kedem Zichidah Shadana. Which means, the fact that Akadosh Baruch Hu can even use something or someone who is completely bad, completely tame, and nevertheless find this kernel of fire there and bring it out and develop it. So now that needs uh, something only Hashem can do. But now why do they deserve that? So that's what it's correctly. And that is, as much as they were bad, as much as they were bad, Sister Haman or any other big rush we're going to talk about, Nebuchadnezzar points one example. As much as they were bad, the Maisa, they caused a tremendous good thing. They brought Shkodesh from the Torah. So it's true they didn't intend to do that. And they were not going to get tired for that. But as a result, because of the, so to speak, the good which came from what they did or what, they, what happened because of them, so there was Zaycha that either the descendants would, would also become Tzadikim, but in a way they gave them no credit because the girls gave them to know done. And therefore, because the descendants became Gerim, so they didn't give any schos back to their ancestors. They weren't, they weren't halachically considered relatives anymore. But nevertheless, something which was done good deserves a reward. And therefore, we made it the, the Ra, even though it caused so much Ra, that the Maisa had a certain kernel of good in it. But you may not understand it's more than that. It's not random. And that is, if, if Sisra's Ika Koyach was, his, was his, his voice, like we spoke about, that was what he is, his tremendous strength in, and that's what he misused. So the good which had to come out of it was the shleimus of the koyach of Peh. And that's Rabbi Akiva. When we talk about the Torah of right? so the greatest of the Tanaim in the Torah of was Rabbi Akiva. Now we know the Gemara says Menachos. Even Moshe Rabbeinu was misspelled from Rabbi Akiva. Right? That's now. That wasn't the, that was the, the koyach of the Torah of which Rabbi Akiva had. He was the the whole Torah of Al-Pair comes from Rabbi Akiva. That was the correction, so to speak, of the Kayach of Al-Pair, which Sister misused. So it came to its Atikun, it came to its, uh, its being used right um, in the person of Rabbi Akiva. The same thing I said in Bahaman. It says, Banav Shahaman on the Torah, 
And again, and the point of Homon, which was his strong point, which he used for rat, that had to be found in Mokram to be used at Tizah for good. What was that point that was bad by Homon that was? Rav Ashray. The same Chazal. Whatever was extreme was misused. Homon was extremely wealth. His extreme wealth was his downfall. That's what he thought he'd be able to buy the Jewish people. And so that's why I thought he'd be able to, that's one of you why he the power. Whatever it is that, uh, that, he, that, that the tremendous wealth Hashem gave him, um, so that, that's what he must use. So you have to explain. Who, who the sense of fairness and where we see that. So we'll, we can talk about that. Now, there's a, that, that's what that point. Two more points to talk about. Um, we asked two questions just in the document of the parishes. We went through it. Let's take a chance now to answer quickly. The one was when Yael comes out to meet him. So she says a very interesting notion. She says to him, What's the double lashon? Surah means turn this way, my master. Surah turns way towards me. Don't be afraid. So there's two ways in the first extent. So one way is that what she was saying was, remember she was the wife of Chavarakani. And the friendship, the Pasuk says, was between Yavin and her husband, Chavarakani. So originally she says, Surah Adani, come, like, come, into the tent and she made the husband's tent. That would make more sense. He was a friend of her, or her husband has one had the showroom with the king, come to his tent. And he didn't want to do that because he thought they're going, that's where they're going to look for him. If this is looking for a hiding place, then the most logical place to look for him will be those people who are his friends, those people who are his allies. They're the ones who naturally would provide him with a refuge. So he didn't want to go there. So then she says, Surah Eli, come to my tent. And that he was happy to do because he didn't think anyone would look for him in Yale's tent, especially since she was an Eshesesh. So it didn't make sense, at least didn't think the Jews would make sense to them that uh, she would bring him to his tent. She, he, she would bring him into her tent. Right. That's the uh, one chat <coughs> on the double Russian. The other chat, and this is one you see in the Shira also, and that is that there was an extra element so that we said in Yael was worse than Efesh. Um, she, what she did in order to bring down Sisra, she, she seduced him to an Avera. Like you're going to see in the Shira. And that's the Russian. She said, Surah, then you come into the tent. If you don't want to do that, she said, Surah Eli, come for me. And that was like, she used herself as, so to speak, the bait to bring sister into her tent, which the Gemara asks, and knows how she had to do it. She was the Asian sister, she said, not there. And then the Gemara says, that's Surah Yisrael. In other words, to be Masalka Yisrael, then that they gave a hetzer to do something which would otherwise be Osir. Now, if you're going to see more in the Shira, when it describes exactly what Yael did. Now, that was when it came to Sisra. When it came to Barak, who was chasing Sisra, so we saw that when she said to Yael the Krasoi, Yael goes out to meet Barak. But she says to him, Leich varecha se isha shatam vakash, go and I'll show you the person you're looking for. And he asked Yester, why did he say go? He should have come inside. He was in the tent. So the answer is, this is, this is the reversal. And to be also fair to be in the tent is Barak. It would be Yechud. So now she had no Indian to do something wrong. So she stood outside and she said to him, go inside, you'll see the person. But then she went out so he could go in. There wouldn't be Bihar, there wouldn't be in the tent at the same time. Right. That's Mashaenka who came to Sisha. She daft the board with the tent because, like we said, that was the, the way she, she was going to try and, uh, and be overpowering. That's pretty much just filling the details of the story. There's much more to talk about. And we'll see by the show next time we start the Shira, and we'll see how the goes right back to the story in the Midbar. Where she starts the, where she's from, 
I think when Shirstavar is one of the most complicated Prokim in the Nach. I think it's very possible about what she's trying to do and how the whole thing fits together. Like where, where's the Shira going? What's it trying to explain? Uh,